Well, welcome everyone to Belong Church. I know we greet you so many times, but we want to let you know that we are so glad that you're joining us, particularly everyone on our online church. We know that people are watching on our YouTube channel and on our regular channel on our Apple TV app that we have and our Roku app and just all the different places. Man, we are trying to endeavor to be anywhere you can look for a church and want to belong, you're going to find us. So welcome, everyone. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, again, I, you know, I, I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. I can't believe that we're already in the middle of 2019. Before you know it, it will be 2020. And it's just crazy how time speeds up. Maybe that's a sign that I'm getting old. I don't know. I'm going to choose not to believe that as the option. I think it's actually maybe this, the earth is spinning a little bit faster. Maybe, probably not. Anyway, but the title of my message this week, I've been so excited. Uh, I got the download a few weeks ago, and it's been sitting here. And I almost asked Michael if we could preempt last week's to put this one up. But I resisted the urge, but I'm so excited and as many of my messages, the download comes, is basically from conversations that I have with people and, and just talking to them about God and what God is doing. And then you, you get to see what God's doing in their lives. And, and, and it just the conversations tend to repeat over and over again. And, and I just love speaking with people because then stuff will just be pulled up out of, out of me. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that's really good. Hold on a second. I need to write that down because it's God speaking. And the title of my message this morning, we have it's going to come up on the screen, is It's Not dot, dot, dot. And, and, and you may say, well, what in the world is that about? But so oftentimes what I found in my own life, and again in talking to so many people, is what we think it's not. How we think it is going to be it's not. There's a great song that's um, a worship song right now from Hillsong that is just great with the lyrics, and I just love it. And it's called, Who You Say I Am. And maybe you've, you've heard it, and, and if you're one of those people that you identify with this message, I'm going to suggest you go download that song and let this song just like play over and over again. But listen to some of the lyrics in the chorus. It says, I'm chosen. I'm not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. And the bridge says, who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And, and you know what? As we go through life, we have these struggles of the many voices that are coming against us. But none of them are affirming you. Not one of them is like, man, you're going to have a great day today. Not one of them is saying, hey, everything's going to go wonderful. You're going to get that promotion. You're going to go through this meeting. You're going to get this account. You're going to, it's just going to be sunshine and butterflies today. No, the, the, the fears that we have and the, the voices that we have are all genuinely surrounding our fears, our worries, our distrust. I don't think that I can trust that person or this person or what's going on in this and, and our insecurities of, uh, oh, well, you looked at me the wrong way. Do you, do you, did I do something or do you not like me? Or, you know, or inadequately, like, I'm not enough. But you see, as all these voices are just constantly around us, and if you can just imagine a meme that has a person's head with all of these voices like shouting at you, that's what most of us, I would dare say all of us, 
go through on a daily basis. We have all these voices that are trying to just shout and take over everything, and yet we need to take time and be still and listen and say, I am who he says that I am. Fear isn't going to help me at all. Worry is not going to change my situation. I'm not going to live a happy life if I distrust. My first point, if you're taking notes this morning, I've got several different points for you, but the first one is, it's not what you think. And what is the underlying part of this? It's not what you think. And you say, well, I don't understand. You see, we go through situations and we'll see a little bit of the information and we jump to a conclusion and our fear, our worries, our insecurities, our distrust, our inadequacies, we'll all jump in here and these voices are telling us things. There's an old analogy about a fat wolf and a skinny wolf. And it's a legend, supposedly it's come down through different Indian tribes and, and the, how they will explain life. But, but one of the things that they say is there's one that's skinny and there's one that's fat. And the one that you feed grows. Think about that. There's two different animals that are running around in your life. But the one you feed is going to be the one that grows. Now, you can say that that's obvious. That's completely obvious. And why are you even bringing that up in a message? Because I think sometimes we forget that we're the ones who are feeding. We're the ones that are saying yes, and we're the ones that are starving. So oftentimes we starve positive thinking. Oftentimes we, po- we starve positive ways of thinking and going forward in what we're doing. And, and the things are saying, we're going to make it. I am who I say I am. Those are the things we're starving like, yeah, I'm not too sure about that. But what we feed is, oh my gosh, worry. I wonder what's going to happen. I'm scared that this is going to happen. Or I don't think I can make this. We feed one over the other. So my question to you this morning is, which one will you feed? Which one will you feed? What thoughts will we allow to remain in our, in our mind? And again, that image of all these different things coming against us, trying to find a place, trying to find an audience. Which one of those thoughts will you feed? And, you know, many years ago, I, I was talking, uh, I think for the first time with Lenore, and just describing how this works. And I said, you know, what I'm convinced is happening is there's all of these different emotions, all these different temptations, all these different things, and they're all standing outside the door to your life. And they come knocking, you open the door, and there's fear. It's like, hi, I'm fear, can I come in? And you're like, no, and you shut the door. And he doesn't leave, but he goes to the end of the line. The next thing, Knox comes up and says, I'm in security. Will you let me come in? No, 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 no. And he goes down. And then one will come up and you'll say, you know what? I was just thinking that. Yes. And then you go in and then you feed them lunch. You feed them dinner. You feed them dessert. Which ones are we going to feed? The different things of how we think and how we see things are not natural and yet we feed one over the other. One of the craziest things that I've noticed and heard and found to be true 
is interviews with people that are considered, quote, supermodels. People that the world would say are the most beautiful people, both male and female. And they get paid large sums of money to promote products and to do advertising. And, and they get all this stuff. And while everyone is clamoring, thinking they're the most beautiful people and, and, and balancing other people and saying, you're not as pretty as this person. In their private interviews, in their biographies, in their autobiographies, they will share that deep down they believe that they're ugly. They'll share that they can't understand why anyone sees good inside of them. See, it really isn't truly what's going on out here or even what everyone else is saying. They couldn't believe what they saw, what they heard. Because what they hear is these voices in their mind constantly saying, you're ugly, you're inadequate, you can't do that pose, right? You can't do that. You'll never make that. They're not going to give it to you. They're going to fix somebody else. They're going to, and it's always there. So even the superlative degree of someone that's held up in the highest esteem is facing that same thing as you and me. Last week, we looked at the scripture in 1 Peter 5, Verse 8, it says, be alert and sober. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And, and I, I want to reconnect with that message. And if you didn't hear that message, you can go back and find us on all the different ways you can do podcasts. Anyone that you get your podcast from, you can search and we are there. You can get it on Apple, Google Play, all of these different places. But you can listen to last week's message, and we went more in depth than this. But the devil, your enemy, is always like a lion looking, just looking for a way to find lunch. And he's there constantly attacking and bombarding your mind. Verse 9 says, but resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same suffering, the same kinds of sufferings. So we looked at, and I just want to reinforce this to you, that when you resist him, when you stand firm in the things that God has for you, when, when you battle those thoughts in your mind, also keep in mind that you're not the only one that's going through this. All the other people in the body of Christ. And I would wage this offer to you. Everyone in the world is going through the same thing, the same struggle in their mind. And that's why, honestly, it is so important to be part of community, to be a part of a church. It isn't about coming to a physical building, and, and it's, it's certainly not um, just about getting the word, although that is good. But it is so important that we are not left in isolation. And can I just speak right to that just for one second, particularly for the online church, because it'd be really easy not coming to a physical building and brick and mortar and sitting next to somebody and, you know, actually get to hug them whenever we say find somebody because we don't like just shake hands, we like to hug next. We, it'd be really easy just to sit there in isolation. But you need someone that you can talk to, someone that you can learn to trust that'll be there for you and you will be there for them. 
that is still extremely, very, very important. And, you know, most of our messages are, are, are geared towards helping you take the next step to get to know God, to, to get this relationship going with God, because I believe that's the core value. Not only is that our, one of our four core values, but it is, I believe, the number one. I believe that you need to get introduced to God, and then you get to know God. And then he begins to show you and reveal to you the things that he wants. And in, in, in that, he's going to help you. But you see, our messages are not simply to be um, self-help or any other classification that will just be like, oh, you're just one of those, it's, you know, that, and put us in that. But can I tell you, it's to really give you help that is true help. And we believe that the only true help comes from God. I'll say that again. The only true help comes from God. We looked at it a couple of weeks ago. It says, my help comes from the Lord. I look towards that place, that high mountain where I associate where God is because I know my help, my true help comes from him. So as we're looking at the different thoughts and the different things that come against us and we, we see that it's not what I think, where am I going to get that help that's going to help me transition out of that? And it is from God. And I love how God doesn't just leave us to ourselves to figure it out, but he's given us the word of God. He's given us the Bible that we can read stories. We can get inspiration. We can see people have gone through what we're going through or worse situations and how God was there for them. But this morning, I want us to look specifically at the battles and how we are wrestling. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you'll open up to Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 12, the first part of it says, in the King James, it says, the New King James, excuse me, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And, and I wanted to highlight this, and, and you may have heard this preached before, you may have been in church and heard this message before, but I want to draw some specific points this morning. Look at this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Another translation, I believe it's the King James Version, says, for we wrestle not, and, and I would put not in capital bold letters that would fill the entire screen. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, I want you to pause and think about that for a second. So when you have a struggle with someone, someone attacks you, someone pops you in the mouth, they say things about you behind your back, it's pretty easy to put a face on that problem. And yet in Ephesians, it says, that wrestling, that struggle you're going through isn't that person. Flesh may have hit your flesh, but the problem is not that person. In the NIV, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggles that we have in life, you will look at it and say, oh, my boss hates me, or this, my coworker is against me, or this person, they're talking bad about me, and oh, it's that person, and you want to put a face on the problem, and you want to go after them. Because it's really easy when there's a face with a neck attached to it that you can say, you're my problem and I can But yet that's not the issue it shows us 
in Ephesians. We're going to read that whole chapter, or that whole um, verses in there, starting with verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on, look at this, and I've highlighted several things, that these are action steps that we have to do. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. So when we recognize that what is not going on, it's not what I think, then what is it? Then how do I battle it? Here is the, the truth. Here is the, I won't say secret because it's right out there for all of us, but this is what we have to do. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. See, these are things, God's not going to come fight your battle for you. God's not going to come down and say, okay, just get out of the way. I got this. No, he gives us instructions on what we are to do. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, what we just read, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. So this is all talking about different layers of authority in the demonic world. Last week we looked at being under rank and submit yourself to God and that God is the highest ranking person in our lives. And that we are at a lower ranking. We have to find our place in our rank. And when we submit, we're coming under the authority of God. Well, in that same ranking is on the devil's side, in the demonic side, there is also rankings. And we see the breakdown of that here. Verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God so you may be able when the, evil, the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand. Verse 14, stand firm then. Don't waver. Be ready. Get in the fighting stance. Be ready to go with this. With the belt of truth buckled around your, your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fit, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the, the fiery flaming, the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray, verse 18, in the spirit with all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I love that. With this in mind, hey, I just explained to you how this all works. Now keep that in mind and then stay alert. Be alert to what the devil is doing. And keep on praying. As we head into August and, and we head into 21 days of prayer, it, we have to change our schedules around a little bit. We have to say, oh, I'm going to get up and pray from 6 to 7 in the morning. And it, it kind of changes my schedule around a little bit, but it's worth it. It's amazing. We'll be live streaming so you can see a, be a part of that as well. But, but plan now to be a part of that. The first thing I told you, it's not what we think. Can I tell you part two if you're taking notes? It's not who we think. We just saw it's not flesh and blood. It's not that person, that face that we'll attach with the neck that we can shake. You know, it's not that. It's not who we think. Lenore and I got the opportunity to go with one of my favorite teachers in the whole wide world from Christ for the Nations. He was there for me. He was there when Lenore went. He was there when Andrew was there. And just Jen's going, and she's going to have him as well. He's just one of my favorite teachers. His name is Mike Massa. 
And we went to a marriage retreat, Lenore and I did, and, and got to sit there. And one of the things that he talked about is that oftentimes we'll put a face of our spouse on the problem. And you may have heard me talk about this because I love this analogy. But he says if there's a problem that one person does or the other one and the doesn't like it, then what happens is we'll have conflict, but we think it's that person. So then we attack that person when in fact it's really the problem. So he said to, to get a chair and to bring your, your spouse's chair over near you and put another chair over across and say, honey, I love you and I believe you love me. This difficulty isn't between me and you. Our difficulty is in that chair. Our difficulty is there. We love each other. We're going to figure that out. But as long as your spouse is sitting in that chair across from you, or your best friend, or your coworker, or your boss, or you fill in the blank there, and you've got their face attached to the problem, it's personal. And you end up going down a personal path and missing the entire problem. It's not what you think. And it's not who you think. See, I believe the literal accuracy of the Word of God. I believe that it is literally the exact truth. So if it says we wrestle not, for our struggles are not with flesh and blood, then no matter what we face, how much of a problem that we face it, or what kind of face we draw on the problem, it isn't that person. Now, I want you to let that sink in. It isn't that person ever. Because it doesn't say, for we wrestle sometimes, or we don't wrestle oftentimes, says we do not. It's never that person. Not, never, no one. We don't wrestle against this flesh and body. There's a spiritual attack that's going on. Remember we started off with that scripture from last week that the enemy, is, the devil is looking for who he can devour? The, those thoughts just keep rushing in. But who is it that's devoured by such thoughts? It's us. And it's like the old analogy that says, I have unforgiveness, and my unforgiveness is drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. It doesn't hurt anybody but me. But that's what the devil, our enemy, is trying and looking to accomplish. So look at it. It's not what you think. It's not who you think. Thirdly, it's not how you think. Our thoughts are the battleground for attacks. Our thoughts are here, and we're trying to make it through life, and all of a sudden, on the battleground, starts rolling up these big tanks, and all of a sudden, you feel the earth crying, and you look around, and you see, oh, poof, you're not able to do that. Poof, look at the way she looked at you. Poof, looked at how this, and you start having all these different things. You're like, oh my gosh, I was just trying to walk to work. I was just sitting here trying to come to church. All of a sudden, these thoughts come on. But you see, those wars aren't real. They're not necessary. 
all of these thoughts, this war that's waging in your mind, it's a waste of time. And where's the author of that? What is the purpose of that? I want to suggest to you this morning that those attacks in our thoughts are distractions. I'm going to say that again. Those attacks in our thoughts are distractions. See, the devil has come to rob, kill, and destroy us. And the number one way he uses is distractions. He wants to get us distracted from what's really going on and what God's plan and purpose is in our life. An illusionist will take and shift your focus and say, hey, look over here what's going on, and will paint a picture over here when something else is really going on over here. And if you've ever seen the behind-the-scenes things of, of how they do things in illusions, they, it, it's just crazy. I mean, some of the different movies they've had recently that has some of that there, and like an entire wall of mirrors, and, and they're able to shift it a little bit so it looks completely different, but something else is going on behind the scenes. That's what goes on in our life every single day. See, because with those thoughts coming in and coming against us, we're going to miss what God has for us for that day. We're going to miss what God's plan for us is because we're so caught up in those distractions. It's not how you think. It's not the situations as it is presented to you. Nehemiah in the Old Testament was charged by God to rebuild the wall. And as he's trying to do this, everybody's coming against him. And, and no one's really happy with him, and he's doing this great struggle. Look in verse 3 of chapter 6. He's up on the wall, and these people are trying to get him. And this is his reply, verse 3. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project, and I cannot go down. It's like, man, I'm up here working. Leave me alone. Why should the work stop while I leave and go down to you? Look at this. Just like me and you. Four times they sent me the same message. Those thoughts will come back at you not just one time, not just two times, but three and four and five and six. Maybe they go to the end of the line and they show up again. They're not going to stop. It says four times they sent me the same message, and each time I came, the same answer. He's being really good at holding and standing his ground. Verse 5, then the fifth time, Sanballat sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter. And then they're making these accusations, and I love verse 8, particularly in this context. Look at it. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you're saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. That's what goes on in our lives. None of the things that's coming into our mind is what's really happening. Nothing like what you're saying is happening. It's all not true. I was going to say something else. I'll be nice, be in church. I love the last part of that. You're making it up out of your head. It's coming out of nowhere. And yet the truth is, if we look back and audit all of our thoughts, and all of our fears, all of our insecurities, there is no 
grounding for that. There's no reason for that. And it was just made up in our head. 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3 says, For we live in the world. Hey, we are on planet Earth. Here's a newsflash for you. We're on planet Earth. But look at the second part of that. We do not wage war as the world does. So the world's way is to deal with all these thoughts and, and you see a person and you attach a face to it and you want to go fight them and you want to go there, you want to struggle with flesh and blood. He goes, hey, 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 we live in the world, but we don't wage that war. Verse four, for the weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. And what is those weapons? It is what we just read in Ephesians 6. Ending with, and pray, always pray. We have divine power when we take up the word of God. We have divine power when we put on the helmet of salvation. We have divine power when we say, I'm taking the sword of faith, sword of the spirit. I'm going, I'm jumping in all these things. My mind is going too fast in what my tongue can do. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments. That's, that's thoughts. Those are words. Those are things that are coming at. And every pretense that sets itself up tries to build a case against the knowledge. Another translation says about knowing God. <laughs> and we take every thought captive. We take captive every thought to make it. Look at that. To make it. Obedient to Christ. And, and this is just absolutely amazing. In the NASB it says, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. See, it's not what you think. It's not who you think. It's not how you think. But may I suggest to you, it's ultimately about obedience. It says we take those thoughts captive into obedience. You see, God's word has a direction for me that I need to obey. He says, love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. We just looked about this a couple of weeks ago. Do good to them who spitefully use you. Turn the other cheek. We read all of these things in the scripture. We see all of the different things about Jesus. But can I tell you, as long as you've got a face on that problem, it's not easy to love that person. It's not easy to do good to that person who's despitefully just going out of their way to make my life terrible. It's not easy when somebody smacks you to be vulnerable enough to give them access to the other cheek. You see, Jesus came to demonstrate to each of us that we can live above the common, above the normal. In fact, when he says, but I've come to give you life to the full, he's like, man, there's such a better way. And we can ascend to a higher plane, the, the high road. I mean, everybody says, hey, I'm not going to take that low road. I'm not going to fall down and let this happen. I'm going to take the high road. Hey, we have the high road, which is God's way. But to walk in obedience of God's word, to follow his scriptures, is to obey. We have to bring our thoughts into obedience to God. That means I have to think about the thoughts that are coming in and say, whoa, where is this coming from? 
What is the origin of this? How does this line up with the Word of God? Am I going to be able to obey God with this thought and love my neighbor? Am I going to say I'm wrestling against your face and your neck and your flesh and your blood because you're what I see as the face of this problem? Or am I going to say, no, I really see the face of this problem is an attack and I'm going to bring it to obedience to Christ that says, I'm going to love this person. Knowing that it's not the flesh and the blood. Probably the most over-the-top example is Jesus. When he was crucified. He asked God to please take this cup from me if you can. In his humanity. Then he suffered through the worst beating, just short of death. And then they crucified him. And he's got the Roman soldiers down there literally driving these huge spikes into his arms, and in, into his, his wrists, and into his feet. And they're pushing him up, and they put him up there, and he's bleeding out. He's growing through the most excruciation, excruciating execution in the history of the world be easy to put a face on that Roman soldier. Because don't you think he was looking? Maybe he tried not to look, but like, ah! He saw their face. He saw the face of this one. And he saw the face of this one. And then all of them, as they're pulling the, the cross up, and it falls down into that thing, and he, he's just going through all this excruciating pain. It'd be so easy to associate a face to that. Yet in Luke 23, verse 34, this is what he said. Father, forgive them, for they don't know. They don't know what they're doing. See, Jesus is looking at, at what's going on and say, hey, it's not the face of that guy driving that nail in my hand. It's not the face of the guy that's whipping me. It's not the face of the guy who's coming. He says, not all that. God, forgive them. Father, please. See, he saw where the problem originated. Look at the second part of that verse. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So Jesus is up there saying, I'm not even going to put a face to you because you're hurting me and you've stripped me naked and you're, you're gambling to see who's going to get my clothes. And even in the midst of that, to me, the most extreme example, Jesus didn't associate the faces of those who were hurting him, who were stealing and gambling to keep his clothes he says, Father, forgive them. It's not what we think. It's not what we think. It's not who I think. Please bow your heads with me. This morning, I have a twofold challenge for you. First of all, we all have a choice. Are we going to obey God and follow Jesus' example? If it isn't what I think or who I think it is or how I think it is going, if it isn't a person, if it isn't flesh and blood, then we, I, need to change the way we think. 
We've got to take our thoughts captive, as the Word of God says. Second of all, Jesus didn't just take your mistakes. You're missing it. You're falling short. He didn't take that personal. The same way he didn't take it personal with the people that were with him on the cross. He doesn't associate your face with your mistakes. Man, that is good news this morning. That all the things that you've made difficult, you've had mistakes in your life, he's not associating your face with those mistakes. Today, this morning, he is saying the same thing to you. Father, forgive them. Fill in your name. Will you accept him? Accept his paying the tab for your mistakes. Today, I'm inviting each of us to pray this, not just people that are making the first time decisions, but every one of us. And to follow Jesus and his examples. I encourage you to pray this with me. I'm going to help you with the words. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life. I want to know you. I invite you to come live inside me. I choose to follow your example. Show me what and how to do it. Today, I choose to obey, to love, to recognize the true battle. I choose to love others, but battle in the Spirit. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, I thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer with me. Lord, I thank you for the challenge you've given us that's twofold. For, the, for those who the first time have never or are coming back to you, God, but for all of us who look and it's so easy to put a face with a problem and to get tripped up and not wrestling with where we need to. Lord, help us to rise to that example that Jesus gave us. In Jesus' name. As we're closing... If you made that decision this morning, I want to encourage you to use our texting communication and text the word next to the number 469-289-1114. For those of you who are watching on our online church, it's, it's on the bottom of your screen. Text the word next to 469-289-1114. Those of you who are listening through podcasts around the world, you can listen to that and back up and repeat it and you can get that number again. But we want to hear what's going on with you. We want to give the opportunity to stay in touch with you. And the fact that we are an online church gives us the ability, maybe beyond what others can do, that we're focused on being there for you. We want to hear your testimonies. We want to encourage you to invite other people to join in with you and to join in with us. And as Michael was talking about what we're doing starting in August, that's going to be a great opportunity for you to share with someone, hey, we're going to be going through the book of Matthew in the, in the month of August, and the messages are all going to be about what we're learning, and, and it's just going to be a great, great time. I'm so excited about it. That's a great time for you to invite somebody to join in with us. And lastly, for those of you who want to participate in our financial success, you can do that by going to givetobelong.com. And I know it's at the bottom of your screen as well. Um, again, for those listening online, you can, you can go to givetobelong.com. It's on our app. It's on our website. Everywhere in the world, we try and make it super easy for whatever you're looking for. And we want to thank you all for participating and helping us out. 
with that. If you'll stand to your feet, we're just going to pray and be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you for this message that's so stirred inside of me. That is so challenging to me, Lord, and I pray it challenges all of us. That we'll not associate a face to a problem, but we'll recognize where the true struggle is. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone this week that sent in uh, their connections with us through welcome texts, Lord, through the prayer requests, Lord, and for everyone who's given of their tithes and their offerings, Lord, or even above that, Father. Lord, everyone that's a part of our financial success, Lord, I speak a blessing over them. Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.